This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Rani Firminger, and today I am really, 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 really happy. I am so happy to welcome Pranit Akila to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Now, Pranit hasn't lived in Vancouver all that long. He arrived in 2018. I'm assuming with stars in his eyes. I'm assuming determined to make his way, maybe make some waves in the Vancouver film and television industry. I'm making a lot of assumptions because I've never interviewed Pranit before, but he has been on my radar since he tweeted at me in early 2020. I'm gonna read you his tweet. He said, moved to Vancouver in 2020 or 2018, very afraid, check mark. Got opportunities to work in the BC film and TV scene. Grateful, another check mark. And then I found the YVR Screen Scene podcast, crying face. Thank you, Sabrina, for giving me an anchor to hold on to while going through the upstands of a volatile industry. And of course, I cried my eyes out and took a screen cap and was determined to cheer this young man on. And he's given us Pranit Akila fans a lot to cheer about. Akila is killing it. And I promise that's the last time I'm going to use that sad, sad dad pen. He killed it in Freya, Rona Reese's sci-fi short about the dangers of AI technology that is also just killing it on the festival circuit. He smoldered and raged as closeted jock Philip Masra on Netflix's October Faction. And just this past week, Gil Bobsey, the swoony character he plays on CW's Nancy Drew Mysteries, went all the way with Nancy Drew. And, and he's a producer on a winning Crazy Eights film, Mom vs. Machine, in which a mother must compete for her son's affection with a sentient food-making machine. That particular film will have its world premiere on May 1st. So today I want to talk about the space bete- between Pranit's tweet and Nancy Drew and Mom vs. Machine and the community that he's found along the way. Pranit Akila. Hi, welcome. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Finally. Finally. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a big moment for me. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit more about me. So (laughs) I think one of the reasons that your tweet, though, really got me in my feels is because uh, of a 
blood brother that I lost a few years ago named Darren Shalavi. Mm -hmm. uh, Darren was not from Vancouver, although, you know, he was part of the Vancouver film and television industry. And there was a lot of Darren's time in Vancouver where he felt disconnected. You know, where he and where he felt that there was some like big Vancouver film and TV community clubhouse where everybody was hanging out and he didn't get the invitation. And I mean, you know, Darren had some d dreams come true. Uh, I'm so, and I look back at the, you know, he was the, he fought Donnie Yen in, in Ip Man too. He was the, he was the, the one of the big bads in that. Um, but, you know, there's a, a lot that I, w I wish that I could tell him about this industry, even though he had been a part of it. But there's a lot that I wish I could tell him about the community that's there and that he was valued and that people did see him. Um, and so because I can't do that for him, I, I have tried to create that through the podcast, which is what I think I like. I think people can listen to it and, and feel like they are part of something, you know, even when they're at home, but they can learn from other people. They can, they can benefit from the story sharing. So it re I really, that's your, your tweet got me in my feels, you know, and then I showed it to Paul and then it got in Paul's feels and then we were just in our feels, you know, for, <laughs> for quite a while. So thank you for, for just for validating. I mean, it, the things that you say to other people matters, right? Like even on the social meds. So completely. And, and I was, you know, coming at it from a place of, you know, I was, it's lonely in the city. Yeah. Um, at times, and not, this is not just me. This is many, many artists uh, from all over. A lot of specifically transplants to this community mm -hmm. um, feel that exact same way. And uh, I was also coming from a place of, you know, I was starting to be a little more open with my sort of mental health and open with how I was truly feeling instead of just saying the "how are you" and the usual "fine." Um, and so that that moment for me, and it's it's weird to think about because that was before the pandemic yeah. that I tweeted that. Um, but no, I mean, this is this podcast is 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 vital vital work really, and it's helping a lot of people. Um, you know, listening to guests, listening to you um, talk about uh, people's ups and downs. You know, in this in this industry, and uh, you know, when I'm at my low point, it's it's one of those things that that I hold on to because you know I look I look at my peers and I look at the things that they've been through. Yeah. And, you know, whatever I'm feeling in the moment, guaranteed, you know, uh, at least 10 of your guests have felt the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, and that's incredibly comforting, you know. And it so, is comforting. Yeah. We are, th there is no perfect life. There is no life without pain. There are social media feeds that would have you believe otherwise, you know, and what we curate, we curate what we want people to see. Um, but that, that's been a big reason. Helping people feel less alone is a big reason that as I have more quote unquote success, that I'll be like, and yeah, and I also have PTSD. <laughs> and I have panic attacks. And before we recorded today, I had to dissolve some lorazepam under my tongue, because that's what I have to do sometimes just to get through the day. So... Mm -hmm. Okay, I am gonna now. We, now we go from that yeah. <laughs> to another big question. Yeah, not normally a big question, but we're in the pandemic, which makes this a big question. Pranit, how are you? You know, I'm I'm very conflicted. Mm. Um, 
it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I, I have been fortunate as a working actor to have employment. Um, and so much of my life has been, you know, and particularly the way I was raised, was taught to believe that, that, that my career accomplishments are basically me as an entire person. Mm. <laughs> you know, um, that, that I was sort of get good grades, graduate, you know, get a job, get a house, have kids, you know, do all the standard check marks. And though I didn't necessarily go the traditional route, I certainly have that, that sort of that immigrant mentality of, of, you know, put your head down and get to work right. and don't look up, don't check in with yourself, do none of that. And pre-pandemic, that was me. Um, and when the pandemic happened, weirdly, I was, I had a bit of relief, actually. Because to me, I just, I realized that, oh, wait, the rat race that I'm running um, is because I felt that I had to run this rat race because right. other people are running it too. And when the pandemic happened and the world shut down, I, I found myself uh, getting more relaxed. When other people's anxieties were up, <laughs> I was more relaxed. Yeah. And that was a moment to, that I had to really be like, you know, why, why? that's odd that I'm feeling like this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I've, I went back home. I, I decided to sort of stay with my parents for a little bit just to, and, and they're also reaching their older age. So I just wanted to, you know, be with them. And, uh, my mom noticed that, um, I hadn't come out of my room. Just, I was just in my room. I hadn't come out of my room for like a month. Um, because I was just, you know, for me, I was just like, okay, well, nothing, the world is shut down, but I'm going to, now I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk to casting directors in the UK and I'm going to uh, take some acting classes in Australia and I can, the world, world became globalized. And so I said, okay, well, you know, I can, I can, I don't have to necessarily leave the house, but I can run the race from in this room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was just being very obsessive, very compulsive with what I was doing. And uh, it wasn't until my mom sort of had an intervention with me and she said like, you know, um, as much as I support you doing whatever you're doing, um, you have to realize that, 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 you know, if you're not taking care of what's up here, you know, um, nothing's going to come to fruition. Nothing's nothing's going to change. Yeah. Um, you know, and so so for me, really, I, I'm I'm in this weird place where uh, I'm happy that I have work, but I also have to realize at the same time that that work isn't doesn't define me as a person Ugh. and doesn't define my entire being. Um, and an older Pranit, a, a different version of Pranit, would have been very very happy right now. And, and sort of satisfied and everything's okay. And he would probably give you an answer saying, you know, what's to complain about, you know? Um, but that just isn't the case. You know, as much as I have the work right now, I have to, I, it's, I've realized that it doesn't actually make me fully happy. Mm. And, and yeah. I I've, is part of it that you're trying to apply cultural ideas about the rat race to a career path I, and I even hesit hesitate to use career path because acting is not a career. Like acting is a calling, mm -hmm. right? I'm a conversationalist by profession. That's not <laughs> yeah, a career. Yeah. Like that's a yeah. calling. Yeah. Um, you know, to apply ideas around the rat race and you know, and how much time we should be spending on various things to something that is that it really wasn't built for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think. I, I was talking about this with another actor friend of mine, actually, but, and, you know, I think part of it is, 
yes, you're right. We're, we're applying a very linear logic to a uh, uh, um, a nonlinear illogical <laughs> career. Yeah. Illogical, yeah, <laughs> illogical, just irrational, you know, career and and and. My, and my background it comes from that. Like I'm a yeah. like I'm an engineer. Like I, I have all that. And and so my whole life was just you know you put in the work and you're gonna get more work. And you put in this much work and you're gonna get you know you put in X you're gonna get in Y. And it was just very sort of linear and and all it was a mathematical equation. My life was just a mathematical <sighs> equation, right? And and typically in life, like I'm not saying everybody's life is always just a steady path upwards, but and there's ups and downs. It's just, it's just overall, I would say, if you took an aggregate amount of someone's life um, and they had sort of, you know, they came from, let's say, like a middle class family and that they had the education and stuff. And if they were doing a traditional job, um, if you put in the hard work and, and you're a kind person, typically you get opportunities and you move up in your life. Yeah. In this industry, you can be kind, you can be hardworking, you can be talented, but, but that does not equate to necessarily an upward trajectory in your life as a person you know you, yeah. you'll be a better person for that uh you know good things will happen around you and and, and for you but you know it, it's not the same you can't apply the same logic you know it's not you can't get the next job just yeah. because you're that there's a lot of other factors that have to fall into place what is success then because like i would look at your last you know couple of years and being like wow he's successful you know like he's had like like remarkable roles on, you know, two hot properties. And, and uh, you know, now he's producing, you know, for Crazy Eights, which is, it's huge. Crazy Eights films, like, go all around the world. You know, Andy was called upon, you know, to uh, to be working on some new tech with the, the DGCBC directors, you know, like... Yeah. Pranit's on fire. He's successful. Like, but like, do you feel successful then, or with this new paradigm of how you're looking at things? Like, what would need to be present in your career in order for you to feel successful? Or does that not even matter? Uh, it's it's a question I'm asking myself. Yeah. Right. It's a question I'm asking myself. Okay, I don't I'll ask think... it again in five years. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe I'll have a more in-depth answer. I I think I I will say that. I'm torn, right? Part of me, for me, success means being, you know, uh, uh, being like the actor version of Shonda Rhimes, right? Where, where you know, you're 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 acting in your own show, but not only that, you're also executive producing it. You know, mm -hmm. like um, guys like Oscar Isaac and Jake Gyllenhaal and, and these people, these actors that I look up to. I mean, these guys not only are they top of their game acting wise, but they also are behind several hit properties. They're constantly producing, constantly yeah. executive producing. Brad Pitt, Plan B Entertainment, like, not only is an incredible actor on screen, of course, but, like, the, the choices that he makes uh, and the choices that he makes in terms of greenlighting certain projects, yeah. especially uh, with people of color and, and telling those stories. I mean, there's nobody better in Hollywood than Brad Pitt when it comes to that stuff, yeah. you know? Um, but So, yeah, ideal, traditionalistic version of what I want to be is that at the pinnacle of my, uh, of my acting or producing career. Now, um, that being said... For that to happen, again, a lot of lot of luck involved. Um, one thing I won't cheat on is my work ethic and my hard work. Like I'll definitely that's a bare minimum that I'm always going to have no matter what I do. Um, but you know, I used to get very bent up on the how of getting there, and and I'm still a very anxious person, and and a lot of my time is, is spent just being anxious constantly and worrying. I, oh. I like to say I'm a serial worrier. <laughs> and, Solidarity, brother. Right, yeah. and so and so part of me is now trying to. You know, and that's the sort of work that I'm doing with my therapist as well is trying to figure out, hey, like, you know, 
me getting to be on set and me getting to tell a story and me going from the first line of dialogue to the end of that scene, there's a little journey there, yeah. right? And in that journey is what you fell in love with in the first place, right? You fell in love with storytelling. You fell in love with inhabiting a character. You fell in love with feeling things. You fell in love with making the other person feel things, you know? Um, sitting in a movie theater, I actually enjoy watching the trailers more than I do the actual movie because you know, there's people in the theater. In the, you mean in the before Oh, time. yeah, I've been in the before times. Oh, oh, God. I know, I know. <laughs> right? Just, like, getting to watch other people's reactions to what's up there. Yeah. You know? That's what I fell in love with. Yeah. And so, right now, I'm trying my best to enjoy the micro, right? The, make that a meditative thing of just, like, being able to just stay there in the moment and just enjoy saying lines opposite my fellow actor, getting to enjoy the process of of acting on a scene with somebody, yeah. you know? That's 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 my happy place. It truly is. And so it's a constant battle. And um, I don't know if I'm succeeding at it yet, but but it's it's hopefully. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and you're still in the battle. Yeah, yeah. Which is good. So I want to know about this whole engineering thing. I didn't know that you were an engineer. Um, you reminded me of uh, my dear friend Sandy Sidhu, who, you know, was basically pre-med when she was like, nope, I'm an actor now. Yeah. And, and uh, which, you know, for our culture, like that's... Um, that's a bold statement to make. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm curious about, um, yeah, t once upon a time. <laughs> Tell <laughs> once me that upon story. a time. By the way, I want to meet Sandy. Sandy, I want to meet you. We got to make that happen at some point. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Sandy's incredible. Um, yeah, so uh, once upon a time. Um, so I, 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 I was in high school, junior high. I was always acting. I was always sort of doing the school play or the musical. In fact, that's what I sort of did mostly was musical theater, so singing, acting, and dancing. Really? Musical theater What kid. were some of your favorites? Oh, man, I did every, like I did Guys and Dolls. Yeah. I did uh, pretty much a lot of Sondheim musicals. I did, I did Crazy for You, the tap dancing yeah. musical. Did you do Into the Woods? I did not do a full stage version of Into the Woods, but I did like a charity sort That's of awesome. version of it. Crazy um, for You. So I remember I'm from Toronto, and they actually, they, um, they they staged crazy for you for a few years in Toronto, so I got oh, to yeah. see that quite a few times. Well, they had a tour uh, in Calgary as well that premiered at Theater Calgary, and I was I was really really I was hoping to audition for it, didn't get a chance to, but like I, I did that in high school. I remember, and you're talking about you know you're talking about high school musicals are funny because they're not there's out of a whole cast of people, and and bless them, like there's a bunch of people that don't necessarily want to do theater is their life yeah so out of like a cast of like 20 people there's probably maybe like five or six that are actually like you know want to do this yeah. and so the rest of them you're trying to teach them how to tap dance you know in a span of a month <laughs> and so of course you know Shuffle to buffalo. <laughs> exactly. actually it was a bit bit of a different <laughs> case for me because i went to a performing arts high school yeah you yeah. know so oh, okay. yeah uh, hayden christensen um we did a musical called uh working and he was the fireman who was telling, right. but he was itty bitty. Like he was like, you know, he's 14 <laughs> years old and he was wearing a fireman uh, oh. uniform. But yeah, there's such a special beast, eh? The, uh, high school musicals. They are a whole, there's a whole, <laughs> you know, whole sort of show on its own about that. You know, yeah. I think, I think just the stakes never are never higher, you know, during oh. those, during those performances and the backstage and everything. But, but what I found was that doing them. I had more fun doing that than my homework at home. You know? Oh hell yeah! Of course, right? And it's it's it was. And other people had sports, and I I you know for a kid who was really lonely and didn't have many friends growing up, um, 
I finally found my niche. I finally found my people. You know, being a theater geek. Um, and so the best people. Best people. Best people. The best people. We're all a bunch of underdogs, you know. Yeah. Um, and and so and we derive power from each other. Mm-hmm. And then it's at a point in time. You know, you're 14, 15, 16 years old. You're experiencing all of this stuff and you haven't been totally jaded by the world yet. You know, so the earnestness, you know, in the community that's built. Man, I I loved those years. Oh, man. it's the, And let's talk about teachers, the value of teachers. Yeah. I mean, the value of a teacher that can support you and what that does. And wrangle all those uh, hormonal oh, crazy God. theater I mean, students. Oh, the amount of, I mean, just even the crushes, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, you would like a girl and then another guy would like that same girl and then like the drama, <laughs> it was just like, too, you know, all these things. Was you know. your high school diverse? You know what? It was. It, it, it was incredibly diverse. I, I was lucky that I grew up in a community in Calgary that um, had, was incredibly multicultural. Um, I would venture to guess that the high school I went to actually was probably the most multicultural high school uh, in Western Canada, um, it was literally, I mean, like it was uh, all people from all walks of life, uh, different communities, even the Asian that, I, or the grew up, the community that I grew up in, uh, was, had a very, uh, it was very Richmond. It was like very much like Richmond, like mm-hmm. a heavy, uh, Asian Canadian population. Yeah. Um, and so that's where my high school was. And so I had a lot of, um, uh, Asian Canadian, Indian Canadian friends growing up. Yeah. Um, but. So doing yeah. theater then, it wasn't like you were the brown dude and uh so interestingly the school was diverse but yeah the theater i was the only uh you know kid of, of color yeah doing doing theater yeah you know um this yeah the school is diverse the, the classrooms were diverse it's just yeah for theater and and that's uh you know the i mean that's uh, the thing with that also you know i do feel and it's changed uh you know in the, in in the years since i've graduated but back then um you know a kid of color doing theater was a very frowned upon thing, both from their parents. Their parents didn't certainly encourage it, yeah. But also in the school, like like doing it as an as an elective, you know, uh, because parents would like sort of sign off those forms for for their children. Like yeah. a lot of kids, especially immigrant parents and stuff, they wouldn't necessarily put theater. They would say like do electronics class or do like computer science, you know. Yeah. Um, Not that our people don't like theater. No. no. Love the culture. Love the, the culture. The music, the films. And that's the juxtaposition that I can't wrap my head around. <laughs> yeah. Because I, we come from, I come from a country that like, you know, my like my ancestors, my parents, like love storytelling, love color, love mm. cinema, Bollywood, like musicals, like that's the thing. Yeah. Like we, it's, it's a religion in India. And then you come to this country and it's like, hey dad, can I do drama? You know, it's like, oh no, no, what are you doing? Like you got to go be an engineer, doctor, or lawyer. You can't do any of those things. Um... So yeah, I I was always doing it. Luckily, my parents were supportive during that time, just as doing it as a hobby. He'll get over it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's exactly. A kid. Easy kid. <laughs> and then high school happened, senior year, and uh, I had a conversation with my parents, and I was just like, you know, I, I think I might want to do this, and they were like, no, we're not going to pay your tuition to do that. Oh. Um, and I also said, you know what? I and you know the weird thing is, I didn't even put up a fight. Because I didn't believe in myself either at the time. Because I thought, yeah, they're right. What am I going to do in this industry? Like, I don't see myself on screen. Sure, I could go to Bollywood, but there's 70 million of me in Bollywood. Um, and they can speak Hindi better than me. They can speak Marathi and Telugu and all these other languages way better than me. Because um, I grew up in Canada pretty much. And so it's like, you know, I'm good at math. I'm good at science. I will, um, I'll go ahead and be an engineer. 
And so I went to McGill uh, University. In, Ooh, uh, good university. Yeah, in uh, in Montreal. It's funny, it was down to UBC and McGill, actually. The ex- what was your experience there? Were, were there feelings of, you know, because the fact is you had stated what your choice was and you were, okay, this is the, this is the life, this is the path. Yeah. What what kind of feelings of, like, of longing did you have or, or a feeling, like, was there anything where you felt like, it was, this isn't it, man. It was buried deep, but I was conditioned to think that what I was doing was the right choice. Yeah. So so nothing really unearthed in it unearthed in me uh, till I would say about like third year. And, and and I was like, you know, I was the I was the student. Like I was doing my work, I was getting the GPA, I applied you were for killing it. I was <laughs> I said I wasn't going to again. <laughs> Hey, listen. I mean, I, it's it's uh, it. You know, I'll tell you a quick funny story. I Ghostface Killer Wu Tang Clan. I had no idea what Wu Tang Clan was like <laughs> at all, right? Nor did I bother googling them. Nothing. Like, I yeah. just didn't, you know. And so I, people in high school started calling me Ghostface because of my last name. And I was just like, you know, what? that's a that's a really badass nickname yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna accept that I'm not even gonna ask any questions I'll just say alright cool Ghostface and I didn't even I was like Ghostface I'm like alright fine <laughs> and it wasn't until I'm not even it's so embarrassing it wasn't until like third year university where I was somehow I was googling Wu-Tang Clan and I finally put it together <laughs> and all my all these memories and flashbacks came back and I'm like oh my god wow they were calling me Ghostface because of Wu-Tang Clan um, That's actually probably the most embarrassing story. Yeah, I know. I know. Podcast. Wow. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Try to top that one, future guests. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but yeah, it. it uh, and I and I was doing a lot of internships. Yeah. Um, I did a lot of. I, I I interned in pharmaceutical companies. I I went back to Calgary and I worked in oil and gas and and the pipelines. Um, I was that guy. I was I was doing all those things. Um, You're doing all the things you were supposed to do if if you were going to be an engineer. Exactly. And then um, in the summer of 2014, I uh, was working for for a company called Suncor Energy. Uh, it was an oil and gas firm in in Calgary. And uh, two of my friends from high school randomly reached out to me, and they were like, "Hey, we know that you acted in high school, um, and we were wondering if you could lead, if you could uh, read for the lead role in our sort of low budget feature that we're shooting here." And um, I was like, oh, uh, sure, like I'll do it, but I don't think I'll have any time. I'm working like 8 to 6 p.m. and my boss expects me to even work past 6 p.m. if I want to make a good impression and get the promotion and get yeah. the job. And So I was like, all right, yeah, yeah, I'll read for it. I read for it and uh, I, I ended up getting the part. But then something in me was just like, wow, like I, I, I feel like I can find a way to make this work. You know, I, could, I felt the goosebumps again. Yeah. And so what I did was I told him, listen, I'm working from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day, but from 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., I gave myself two extra hours after midnight. And I was just like, we can shoot, and then we can shoot on the weekends. And so we started shooting this movie after work, and I got pretty much no sleep at all. I literally had four hours of sleep, and i go straight to work. And then we did a scene with a bunch of extras. And of course, when you're low budget and you're working with your friends, the extras are your friends. Are your friends. And, yeah. and they all came from high school. Uh, from you know my high school and um, they hadn't seen me in three years because I was in university and that's when everything changed because I was on set we were shooting a big scene with a bunch of extras and they all kept coming up to me and saying hi oh my god how are you like we haven't seen you in a long time and then they kept asking me one by well, like all of them like clockwork they were all just like so what drama school are you going to or what musical theater school are you going to or I thought you were studying acting oh weird you're engin- oh okay okay cool well I hope that's going well and um, 
I think in that moment, I was just like, these people, in a way, know me than I than I better than I know myself right yeah. now. Um, and it sort of just it it completely you know I, I realized I was a sort of going on autopilot, um, and that's when it sort of the switch clicked, and and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna finish this movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna I only have one more year left. I'm gonna finish what yeah. I started, and uh, that wasn't easy. Yeah. Like that that part because you know I would skip work to go on like one hour auditions for like the University of Calgary like a student film or something like that. Yeah, and I kept doing that enough where my boss had to pull me aside and was just like, "Listen, this is a salaried job. You can't just leave a meeting, you know, where we're discussing high pressure steam valves and how it can impact the field operator yeah. <laughs> in northern Alberta and then just go audition for something." Yeah, you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Yeah. And uh, and then I. I quit my job. Yeah. Um, I quit my job. Parents were not happy. Yeah. They were very, very upset. And um, I mean, yeah. it's something very specific about. I mean, there, there, there are lots of jokes about immigrant parents, but what we don't talk about is um, the, the 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 learned fears that they have, uh, you know, about their own children, making it in a country that still seems kind of scary, you know, and uh, I think I've only just now, (laughs) as I'm in my 40s, started to realize the fears that my father, you know, had about how we would do, how how I would do, you know. Um, I certainly have a new perspective on it now than I ever have. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about, you know, trying to dim your sunshine, which is literally words I would yell at my dad when I was a teenager. Trying to dim my sunshine. <laughs> um, but, you know, but but it they just want you to be able to support yourself and Survive. hopefully them, you know, in, in their later years, like you would in the old country. But, you know, uh, now with access to more resources and don't blow it. Yeah. Don't blow it. Completely. Uh, which is hard when you are an artist. A hundred percent. And 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 the arguments, I mean, same. I would have these arguments. I'd be like, you know, if you truly cared for me, you'd care for my happiness and like how, you know, all these things. And, you know, uh, happiness isn't going to feed us in our old age. <laughs> I know, I know, exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, she's like, you know, you can't. Um, and and w- the weird thing is my, my dad was more like, OK, you know what? You got your degree. Do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, my mom was more much more sort of like worried and yeah. and I understand it you know it's it's they came to this country with you know like they were they, they worked so hard for so long and they came to this country and and the irony is you know they come to this country for choices and yeah. for freedom and for and for opportunity and education yeah. but then when you present them with choices you know that's that's the tough part because it's like yeah we came to this country and now our son has choices on his table because that's what that's and he's what, making the wrong choice he's making the wrong choice you know well I I'm also curious, and this is maybe less about your your parents, mm-hmm. and and more about you and what you're what you saw mm-hmm. um, as far as the film and television landscape. Um, so you are at a point then you are gonna give give her you're giving her you're gonna yeah. throw yourself into this industry. Mm-hmm. How much though did your ethnicity, did your skin? impact your dreams you know especially given what was on tv at the time mm-hmm. it is much better these days yes the fact that gil and nancy drew mm-hmm. they got it on mm-hmm. that's amazing mm-hmm. but that's not where we started absolutely not yeah no i um at the time i was not even thinking about film and television 
I was mainly focused on theater. Hmm. Um, Why theater? Because that that's what was most uh, readily accessible to me in, in Calgary. Yeah. Um, what I'd realized is uh, there was community theater just beside my house. There was uh, professional theater companies in Calgary. Um, yeah, that Calgary had, has the dynamic. Actually, Alberta, both like Edmonton and Calgary, have dynamic uh, theater scenes. Huge theater art scenes. scenes. Like the fringe is massive. People don't like talk it, about that enough, but yeah. but the massive art scene. Um, and and it's a smaller small community in yeah. Canada. You know, Toronto, Vancouver. All these artistic directors know each other, and I had no idea. So I would just I started googling, right? And I started researching and like, what are these things coming? Oh my god, you get paid for theater? Oh, you get paid that much? Like I didn't know. I, I had no idea. Um, and so I started auditioning, just general auditions for these theater companies. Yeah. And what I would find is, uh, I think I think I was just a little naive at the time too, right? Because for me, you know, for 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 their side of things, they were just trying to check a box, right? For them, it was okay. Well, there's this kid that's coming in, and and yes, oh, he can act and he can sing and he can do the thing, and and we're realizing that okay, like maybe, you know it'll look slightly different on our stages than what we're used to. So we'll call him in for things, you know, and I had... Sorry, c- can we be more explicit? Yeah. So yeah. they they would ca- they knew that you were brown mm-hmm. and they they cast you because you were brown so that it would make their stages look more diverse. Yes, because because these people, they get grants, right? So like, they, like an RBC grant, for example, yeah. like, and especially like a smaller theater company where they rely on these grants a lot to pay their artists. So and, they and need to, to show that they are making an effort. Making some sort of effort. Yeah. And, and this is early, early days still, right? So like, like now you have a lot of those grants that, are, yeah. that exist, but back then... You when know. you have to do more of the work too to show that you're not bringing your one brown person into a toxic, hostile, white supremacist environment, yeah, which is also the case, right? Completely. And I was often what I'd found is is I was um, at least in the early theater days, I was always playing a murderer, mm. um, playing the servant, uh, you know, the maid, or you know, uh, the assistant to the central white character. You so know. no romantic lead. No romantic leads. No, no. Uh, free volunteered community theater for free. Sure, right. Like I would get one of the leads in those. Yeah. But paid professional theater. No. Um, what is, What does that do to you then? Like, what is what impact does that have on when you're looking at, you know, the kind of roles that you're being paid to I, do? I, I think the first few I was just sort of especially and from the mind, frame of mind that I was coming from I was just sort of thankful to be there because I didn't know I was just like you know this is a learning experience because I'm starting this career so yeah. like I gotta take what I can get at this point and uh where it changed ah <laughs> the story um Ugh, the, I don't know if I'm gonna like it yeah or not. yeah I was playing uh there's a musical called Jekyll and Hyde uh-huh. um and they were considering me for the lead role of Jekyll and Hyde and uh, the director had asked if it was okay, just just for the character, if they for makeup, no. if they could paint my face just a little whiter so that I could fit England, like because it took place in you know early England, like uh, in the 1700s. I'm sorry, there yep. colonialism meant that there were Indian people yep. in in England yep. for centuries. Yep. Oh yeah, and and again in the moment I don't I don't know why I'm yelling at you. No no no, no. hey believe, I, I listen I, I it wasn't again in this moment it, while I was there and I, I was talking I, I just it didn't register because I was just like it was shocking, but also I was just like uh, I mean 
when we, I was like, I was trying to justify my head. I was just like, well, when I do makeup, like, I like I put the powder on anyway. So yeah, my face does look a little brighter, <laughs> I guess. Um, is that what you mean? She's like, no, no, like, like you know, especially when you transform into, into uh, hide, you know, um, I, you know, I just. I don't want it to seem and, and the thing is the funny thing is she justified it by saying like when you transform it to hide I don't want them to associate like your skin color with like the bad guy either so I just want to like you know I just want to see if we can go all white and avoid all of that <laughs> there's a lot to unpack in that you know what I mean like that is when she when this lady got caught she oh. tried to justify it you know that like that is a form of of psychological violence mm -hmm. that that is and I'm glad that you recognize it as such I'm so angry on on your behalf I want to hurt someone I'm not going to super peaceful most of the time um, that is awful and again Sabrina that I, could, and that kind of thing could make people not want to do this work at all oh completely and again, I, I the only reason I didn't like melt have a meltdown was I was just I think I was a not educated about you know the industry enough. B I, I I just I genuinely was a little naive. And then three, I just I was in shock. Yeah, you knew it was wrong. I knew it was wrong, but I just I didn't I couldn't speak up in that moment. Surely, like, I just the power there was also the power dynamic too because they're they're hiring me, and I don't want to lose the job. Okay, I've got a question for you. Yeah. And we will very soon be talking about Nancy Drew. Yeah, yeah, no, And no. also about uh, October Faction, mm -hmm. which I always want to call October Falcon. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway. I get um, a lot of fractions, so it's all good. <laughs> Wait, what's it called? October Faction. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> but then for a minute there, I'm like, I got, I got it wrong. <laughs> no. But if you were in that situation today then, you know, uh, where you are on a... On a CW show, not Nancy Drew, um, and uh, they they want to lighten you up, um, do something that is so offensive to to who you are and and the people that you come from, and it's just bad. How would you respond today? Oh, very differently. Yeah, very differently. Um, first of all, in that in that moment, I would just say how terrible of a gesture that is for them to even say that in that moment. Yeah. I'd say no thank you to the job. And then I would write a strongly worded letter to not the director necessarily, the executive producers yeah. making the decision making, the gatekeepers, um, via my agents, via my representation. Um, it is a responsibility. Loop the I, union I, in. Loop the union in, of course, right? Um, um, and again, this comes from education. Now I'm more educated about the things that are happening in this industry. I'm more educated about how the union works. I'm more educated about, you know, how the decisions are made up top. Yeah. Um, and keep in mind, when I first started doing film and TV, I was still going out for the 7-Eleven role and the terrorist role and the cab driver role. Um, and initially, I, I keep saying yes. And even in this audition rooms, casting directors would ask me, like, can we do this with an Indian accent now? And I'd say, well, the character, it says, like, he grew up here, so he wouldn't have an Indian accent. Yeah, we just want to have a choice for the producer in case he wants to go that direction. You know, there's all they always have that too. It's like, oh no, we just want to, we just want to have a choice. You know, we just want to showcase a choice. But, but I mean, if these things happen now, um, I have no patience for it. It's just, it's not tolerated anymore. Um, the information is out there too. Like yeah. we have, are having these discussions now. Oh, you know, so there's no excuse for it. It's just will. It's willful. It's willful ignorance. Yeah. Willful ignorance. Willful racism. 
Yeah. Um, that's call it what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And um, this is an industry ba- built on a foundation of white supremacy. Hundred percent. People feel un- uncomfortable when I say that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to keep saying it more and more because yeah. it is true. Yeah. It's true, and we, if we're not going to really, we can't change things unless we acknowledge what it is. And I will say a big part of this is, and I do recognize I, I come from a certain, certain certain set of privileges, right? And and people talk about race, but part of this is also classism too. Mm-hmm. You know, a huge part of it is because, you know, the rich, slightly more fair-skinned brown people mm-hmm. get those bigger roles. Yeah. Right? When a producer's looking for, when there's an open ethnicity call or a South Asian role, I just, I mean, I'm, to the listeners that are listening, I mean, I just want you to go check. Just go on IMDb and just check, you know, if there's a South Asian role in a series, how often are they, you know, like, I guess what's the best way to put this? Um, they typically tend to be the more fair-skinned yeah. South Asians, or, or it's a mix. They're half white, half brown. You know, and there's a whole conversation with the mixed mixed race actors and stuff and their identity and, and, and sort of, you know, when it comes to casting calls for, for, for those actors. Um, but certainly when a casting calls a South Asian and you and you end up seeing who ended up getting the role, it's always, you know, the, the fairest possible skinned yeah. South Asian actor. Colorism is colorism is a big part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, we have a lot to dismantle mm-hmm. and then build it, build it back up. Oh, it's it's incredibly complex. And, so complex. Um, yeah. Um, and you're on the ground now, doing that, doing that work. Um, I have noticed that um, as a Pranit Akila fan, uh, Ghostface Akila fan, um, <laughs> I've noticed though that, like the your the two big standout roles have been in the kind of the sci-fi fantasy, you know, magical realism yeah. realm. Um, and I personally feel that that realm has always been ahead of the curve as far as diversity and representation. Like, how closely does that belief match your own experience of a man of color navigating this beautiful but really fucked up industry? Yeah. Um, like has it been better in sci-fi and fantasy? It's it's mu- been much better in sci-fi and fantasy. Yeah. Um, I think also part of it's there's just the large ensembles. You know, there's mm. there's always typically in sci-fi and fantasy there's large ensemble casts, and so um, the producers certainly have to, you know, they have they've got like ten people that they need to fill. Um, of course, you know, I, I think the chances of of more um, actors of color getting roles is is higher on the on those genres. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not going to get the same thing on an HBO murder mystery, right? Where where it's sort of a contained cast. Um, and I've certainly come close to some of those opportunities. It just hasn't hit for me. Yeah. Uh, where it has hit for me has been sci-fi and the supernatural sort of worlds. Um, I will say though that that uh, early on when I was doing those sort of the stereotypical roles and and auditioning for them, because again, I, you know, it's more of those things where I. I I weighed my options and I said, you know what? It's more important to, for for me to have a good impression with the casting director this early on, at least. Yeah. But that quickly changed after a year of doing that. I realized, you know what? I have to take a stand and have to know my own worth and value for them to see me in another light. And that's mm-hmm. when things changed, where right. they saw me as something else. And I've been lucky ever since that mindset switch. And when I talked to my agents about that, and I said, no more of these types of roles, uh, we're not going for them. And my representation was very on board. You know, they didn't argue back, and they said, okay, you're right. Um, so I've been lucky in the sense that the roles that I have played and the one that I'm going to play and that I might break the news later 
um, um, ah! is uh, are all um, romantic leads. They are also uh, their ethnicity has nothing to do with the storyline whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing. Zero percent. Um, their last names are not Patel and Malotra and you know those things. Um, they're they're they are completely their own characters, and they have their own problems, just like you know the white actors on the shows do. And they're complex and they're nuanced. Um, not often like you're speaking of October Faction, like you know you don't usually see the brown jock, right? Yeah. Um, and so. I, I, I like I've been I've I've been lucky in that sense. A lot, some of my peers haven't had those that 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 type of you know those types of opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so I wouldn't say that it's affected me on that level where where I'm having to like while on set having the issue of this character is incredibly one dimensional and very stereotypical and I don't know what to do with this. That hasn't been the case. Um, have there been on set like outside of filming the role where? You know, um, people think I'm background or, or um, you know, uh, the way I'm treated versus like a, what a, like a white actor is being treated, um, you know, hmm. slightly slight microaggressions, you know, um, or I'll often get the, well, you must, must be great time for you, you know, lots of ethnic roles and, and you know, people are, are really, you know, taking chances on ethnic actors now. Yeah, diversity is so hot right now. <laughs> Yeah, it just happened two days ago. I was filming on set, and and one of the one of the um, no. yeah one of the actors was just like, yeah, I know my wife's struggling right now. You know, it's it's a tough time to be. You know, she she's like a she's a red haired white woman right now, and of course, you know, her competition are ethnic women, and they're gonna get the roles right now. And and I was just like, whoa, 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 no, no, sir, no, that's not how it works. Again, an older version of Pranit wouldn't have spoken up. I'm finding that I'm being more empowered now to, to do that. Mm. Um, That's exciting to see. It's exciting. It's exciting. And I'm, again, I'm not mean-spirited about it. I don't want to... I'm not trying to shout at people and make them belittle them or anything like that. I, I do it in the, most, in the kindest way possible. Yeah, but also people need to know if they're saying something that is inherently racist. Yeah. And that statement yeah. at its core is racist. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah. They need to know that. They need yeah. to have it pointed out to them. You know, and, and I wish so I used that, that word. I really wish, because yeah. honestly, that's what it was. I, I, I did tell. I was just, you know, I said, "Hey, like that's not, um, you know, these these actors that are you're saying are calling ethnic. You know, they've had a long, hard road for a yeah. long time, and they're incredibly talented, and they deserve opportunities that they're getting right now. And uh, just because your wife isn't getting that role, is not because other people are filling that void. It's because they deserve that role. Yeah. Because they fit the story the best. You know. How is it that a competition that's another white actor for your wife, the wife never says, "Oh, you know, being white, it's so in or in right now, and that's why it's hard." They'll always say, "Oh, that character is the best fit for that role, so I didn't get it." But you never use that with your competition. That's that's an actor of color, and that that you know. That's racist. That's racist. Yeah. So. Okay. So next time, because I'm sure there's going to be a next time, mm-hmm. you can use that word. <laughs> Um, okay, I want to talk about the Bobsy twins. I remember, so my, my Ukrainian grandparents, they had a farmhouse. Yeah. Every summer I would go and I spend my, my summers there. And in the farmhouse, they had um, all sorts of like old-timey books from my mom's childhood, like, mm-hmm. including Nancy Drew, including the Bobsy twins. And... Uh, it's so fucking cool that the Bobsy twins that I see on Nancy Drew Mysteries are, well, one, look like me, uh, and two, um, are really 
badass and nuanced in in their own ways. So, how much did you know about about the Bobsy twins? You know, and about um, I don't know all the 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 narrative arc that awaited you, you know, when you were first cast. So w- when they first sent the, the, the request for the tape, I, I they only used the first name. Uh, so they didn't say Bobsy or anything like that. So yeah. I, I thought I was auditioning for just a character. Um, yeah, I knew a, he was the... A thief. A thief. A, a petty thief. thief. A petty thief, a con artist, uh, a guy who was the potential love interest for Nancy Drew this season. Um, so that's all I had known. It wasn't until we did the... Um, the final sort of callbacks where they revealed the, the last name, and then I geeked out because, of course, like I grew up with Hardy Boys and Nancy Drew, and uh, yeah. and not so much like I didn't read too many of the Bobsy Twins books, but my when I told my mom and my grandma, they both were were incredibly over the moon excited, yeah, you know, they because knew. they, they knew. grew up on those um, those books, and and so. Uh, for me, I, that was incredibly exciting, and and I was just really happy that day too because I realized like, oh my god, like Adila and I are going to be playing. You know, characters that are from the intellectual property of this universe. Yeah, Adila Dosani. Yeah, Adila Dosani. I love Adila. Um, she's incredible. And she's going to be invited onto this podcast yeah, uh, yeah. as well. Would love to have both Bobsy twins yeah. on my podcast. Adila's wonderful. Yeah. So I. I just never imagined reading those books when I was there at you know my white relative's farm reading these books to imagine that the the actors the devastatingly good-looking actors um, <laughs> who would bring these characters to life, you know, would be, you know, you and Adila. Like, that is just blows my mind. And it's crazy, isn't it? And makes my 40-something-year-old heart just burst, you know, the journey that we've been on, you know, as, uh, as you know, Asians uh, in North America, South Asians mm-hmm. in North America, consuming this culture, loving this culture, um, and yet not seeing ourselves represented, you know, in the the multiplicity and the just, I mean, we're, we're as fucked up and we can be petty thieves and we can be hot lovers and we can be jocks. Can I, be I'm not a jock, you know, <laughs> but we can be, we can, we can just be so flawed and exciting beyond just being like the brown best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And, or, or, you know, like the, the trauma of being, you know, the other, you know, yeah. like, like that's not, it's not, you know, the culture that I come from and, and I'm sure you'd agree the culture that I come from is full of life and color and, and, and music and, and, uh, incredibly complex issues and characters. There's so much drama. Characters, drama, yeah. you know what I mean? Like like there's a whole world that that people don't get to see and yeah. what what really hit home was my grandma sending me messages. Um she was watching Nancy Drew on her TV in India <gasps> in Hyderabad, you know, and she's like 80 something and she was watching this and she texted me pictures of myself on the screen in India, you know, acting opposite Nancy Drew on WhatsApp. Like she would like message me, you know? Like literally like every five minutes. And the and the funny thing is it would keep freezing. And so, you know, the TV would keep freezing and she'd say, I don't I don't know why this thing is not working, but I'm gonna send you a picture because you're on the TV, so I'll just send it to you, you know? And she keeps sending me these pictures and she'll tune in every week, you know. Um my whole my family watches, my extended family watches. Um wow. that's mind blowing to me. Because like yeah. I grew up, like I, I mean I was born in Mumbai and then like I you know I lived in Hyderabad for a bit and I played around in that same house that she still lives in to this day Mm. and then her grandson is now you know 
kissing Nancy Drew on the TV. Doing other stuff. Or doing other stuff Getting that uh, I'm going to try and, you know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, I'm really, really proud and really uh, happy that Melinda, Noga, Melinda, uh, Sue Taylor, and Noga Landau, the incredible uh, showrunners of the show, um, did that, you know. Yeah. Um, it is, of course, deviated from the source material. Like, it's not, you know, the same goody two shoe Bobsy twins that are from the books. Oh, hell no, it's not. Absolutely not. Um, they got good hearts. Exactly. They got good hearts. And and ultimately, it starts from the top down, as I said. You know, it's CW has to make them a commitment. Um, the show runners have to make that commitment. The writer's room was also an incredibly diverse writer's room. Mm-hmm. They have to make that commitment. Um, and in they were very good about, you know, we had meetings. We had, like, weekly check-ins from them. Like, wow. weekly. Showrunners don't do this. You know, you're an actor for hire, you go on set, they'll only check in with, like, maybe the series regs. What do you mean weekly check in? Like, hey, how's it going? Are you happy? Is yeah, hey, are you, uh, are you happy? How's the script? Is there anything that we can change the script? Like, are you feeling uncomfortable with the material? Like, is, is the character, do you think, is that too stereotypical? Is this, can we change things? Like, you know, um, they were very collaborative on that level, you know, wow. as an ethnic actor, just being like, hey, I don't even like to use that word anymore. Uh, actor, you know, an actor of color, just being like, hey, like, tell us, like, what you think is best for this character in this moment, you know, or, you know, if you feel like the dialogue here could be improved, like they- Would he have sex with Nancy? <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. Or not? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. I'm getting a lot of hate on Twitter right now. I oh yeah, say. I was gonna ask about the the, oh, yeah. the feedback. Oh yeah. People I mean, are not shipping. It is, you know what's funny? It's interesting because it's like, I mean, A, you can't take it personally because you're not the person, but it's like, it's, you know, I, I, I'm torn about it because you want to, like there is there's like, the love interest part of it but then the character of Gil he's incredibly toxic yeah. and 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 what's on the page and how we brought him to life um, and of course there's way more to come and, and fans you will see what happens just just be patient um, is, is that like I'm doing my job as the actor and I feel like I've done a good job and I feel like I'm proud of my work on it but then me doing my job right means fans will hate him mm. you know like there it's not a, of course there's a small minority of people that'll that, that will understand him and see where he's coming from I certainly can't judge him. It's not my job as an actor to judge him. I have to understand him, where I'm coming from, you know? So. Aren't you allowed to judge him? Not judge him, right? I, I think, well, it's interesting. Well, maybe Any, not judge. Do you have, you know, because he's done some, what I would consider reprehensible things, <laughs> you know, um, like stealing the shroud and planning to use it, knowing what it would do to George. Oh, I know. I know. Pernit does not agree with that <laughs> at all. Um, but on set, on set, when I get into Guild's headspace, I have to really believe what I did was the right thing, you know. Um, and that's it's a hard play. It's weird. It's very weird. Um, and also partly because I know what's coming and I know some of the things that'll happen. I, I feel like I feel like there is a little bit of redemption in some way, shape, or form. But but I do think that uh, <laughs> I, I, I understand where the fans are coming from. Yeah. Um, I totally understand. You know, it's the bad boy trope. I get that. Um, but, you know, behind every bad boy, there is there is a little bit of soul. And, and that's my it's my job as the actor to find where that is. Yeah. Um, well, and, I yeah. think, I, I mean... <laughs> been a delightful addition. Although I'll admit, I didn't watch it before. I just started yeah, yeah, watching because yeah. I'm like, there's the Bobsy Twins. This is pretty. <laughs> um, and yeah. then I have also, uh, I can't say yet, but I know that one of my best friends in the world is also uh, going to be appearing very soon. Oh, great. Yeah. I think I might know. Yeah, I, th- I think you might know. I'll be mm-hmm. shouting about it from all the. 
Yeah. 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 There was an exchange that happened. <laughs> there and, was an exchange. Uh, yes. And uh, yes. How do you think the experience of playing Gil and being part of you know this ensemble cast and also having to deal with the fan hate and love because I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some love too because episode I watched last night is very smoldering <laughs> as Nancy even pointed out you know but how do you think this is all changing you or your craft uh yeah it's uh again something I'm navigating right now um I think uh I, I I have to try and keep it very, very separate. Um, I, I can't let opinions online change what I do on okay. set. It's a hard thing to not take into account. Yeah. And I'm trying my best not to. Um, because, um, first of all, Twitter is just not a very kind place overall. You know, I, yeah. I think uh, social media in general is incredibly dangerous and, and there's moments where I'm just, I'm, I've had it with social media and I can't, I have to de-stress and I have to unplug. Yeah. Um, and and part partly right now the reason I'm interacting so much on Twitter at least is, is because it's it's also part of the the marketing approach as well like I do still do have a business mind and and as much as I don't want to do it because it just take a lot out of me yeah um I feel like I I want to engage with the fans and I want to I, I hope the show does well I, like I want a season three I want to be able to have a, a a good role in season three and and so a part of it is also just engaging with them and engaging with the fans and, and getting people to watch the show yeah. um it's the reason why we get to do what we do. Um, and part of it is also you have to r- realize the context. I mean, these these people are incredibly passionate. Um, a lot of them, if you look at the age demographic, they're, 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 they're teenagers or la- young adults yeah. that aren't fully formed yet. And so they have very volatile opinions. Uh, well, they're passionate. Like, it's, passionate. you know, yeah. they're, and that's, where the, like, and that's what I love about young fans, especially, yeah. you know, it's like, this is, this is. These characters are real. This is all real yeah, for yeah. them. And you can't, and, and it's the old adage, and a lot of actors have talked about this, you can't uh, you can't uh, get too high, you can't get too low. Yeah. Um, you can't read all the positive re- reviews, and you can't read all the negative reviews. And then, and, and obviously, our human brains only tend to think of the negative. Yeah. Um, and so the best thing to do is just not look at it at all. And, That's good. And uh, I'm trying my best to, to try that approach instead. Tell me about Kennedy as a number one. Uh, just, how much just, time do we have? You just clutched your How much time do we chest. have? I mean, she's besides Adela, she is the one that you were sharing a lot of screen time with. And it, I, I'm assuming in the trailer that you, bumped, you went into last night. <laughs> it's very fresh in my mind. Okay? I'm very impressionable mind. That gif, that gif is so fun. You know, it's, 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 it's wild, man, because I used to watch Gossip Girl and 90210 and all these things on CW yeah. when I was doing engineering in McGill. Yeah, and now I'm like that dude on the TV. That's You're doing the dude that. on the TV. I know it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about the acting part with Kennedy because she's an incredible actress. Um, that's, I mean, that's a given. Um, she is the kindest and most genuine number one I've ever worked with in a short span of time. It's not like I've worked with that many number ones, <laughs> but like, but but she is. Uh, and and just to b- give a bit of background on Kennedy, this is her first ever thing ever. She's never. She was a nanny before this. She graduated from Carnegie Mellon University Drama School. What? Yeah. Um. She did one small guest spot on Law and Order, and and uh, and she booked this role as Nancy Drew. Um. And what? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing before this. I'm sorry. I'm supposed to be a journalist and have a lot of things. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So she really was born to be Nancy Drew because I can't even imagine anybody else. Yeah. 
She's a natural. She's a natural. But she's a hard worker. Incredibly hardworking. Um, her mom is also a, a, a best New York Times bestselling author as well. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting background, yeah. Um, but she is, you know, I think she acts like it's all, she, she acts like she's so happy and grateful to be there every yeah. day. And what that does is the energy from the, if the number one is like that, the whole set and the whole crew are just, yeah. they just exude that positive energy and they're happy to be there, happy to tell the story. Um, she treats everyone with kindness. She's incredibly, you know, passionate about her work. Um, I can speak for myself and my scenes with her. She's just the most incredible scene partner. Uh, undivided attention and focus to, to helping me do the best work that I can. Even in the green rooms when we're chatting and talking, you know, she really listens. You know, people don't listen. People talk a lot, but people don't really listen. She She's yeah. an incredible listener. Um, really wants to get to know me as a person, and and uh, yeah, she's just she's just the most kind person, and I, I can't say enough positive things about her. I could go on and on. Um, I, I love going to that set, and and a huge reason why is is because of her. Now your your episodes have been filmed in the age of COVID, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Yes. So I'm assuming you've been tested multiple occasions. Your nose is just always ready for the the test. Oh yeah. Um, scenes that require intimacy. What are you doing those scenes? How are we doing them? Yeah. How are you doing them? <laughs> yeah. So. Because there's kissing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how how you kiss during the COVID? Good question. <laughs> uh, insider info. Uh, hashtag breaking news. Um, so. <laughs> I am. I. I mean, on one hand. I am an award-winning film and television journalist. Of course. And then on the other hand, I'm a fan and I just, I want to know how you do these things. And especially with the specter of COVID, you know, hanging over. I'm like, how how you guys still make everything look so sexy? Oh, we, we, so I wish it was, yeah, no, it doesn't feel sexy at all in the moment at all. It's very, very choreographed and actually really awkward. But, uh, (laughs) but uh, we all get, so the main cast gets tested uh, three times a week. Yeah. And so we're all coming to set with our results being negative, and, and so that's fine. The next layer of protection is before kissing scenes, what we'll do is we have, you know that dentist mouthwash? Mm-hmm. That one that tastes much worse than the regular mouthwash you all, we all use at home? Yeah. So that's the one that they give us Yay. right before the scene. And so we gargle. Puts and, you in the mood? Yeah, yeah. Just, kiss. just. Oh, the, the best part, the, <laughs> what really puts us in the mood is the gargling and then the spitting uh, beside each other. That really, that... Um, that is yeah. intimate. Yeah, incredibly intimate. That um, is a form of intimacy right there. <laughs> so it's basically just me and Kennedy buy a garbage can. Uh, garbage can. Buy a garbage can, exactly. Oh, that that's even hotter. Oh, it's even, even hotter, exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just going to, oh, man. I, didn't, I was going to make the noises right now, but no, we shouldn't do that right we now. Should, no, we no, no, should no, not. No, no, we no, should no, not. No. We'll, save it for the, we'll save it for the behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, but fantastic. yeah, so we take that solution, we gargle it, and then before each take, we have to do that before every take. Yeah. Basically, you know, and that's how you do it. Now, you that's mentioned um, how some fans don't like you. I'm yeah. assuming the people who want like Ace. They don't like the character. I don't know if they, yeah. yeah. Um, And that your grandma's really excited. Um, What about from other South Asians, you know, in the audience? Like what kind of feedback, you know, from people in the diaspora are you getting? I I keep getting messages from a lot of uh, South Asians all over the world, actually, in my my DMs. Um, Actually, a young actor messaged me from India uh, uh, yesterday. 
and wrote the really really kind message and was just like I want to be an actor when I grow up and and um, it's so cool to see you and Adila up there on screen it gives me hope that I can go to North America and study drama and 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 perhaps be in your shoes one day um, I get messages like that all the time from a lot of South Asian actors from all over the world not just Canada wow. um, that's the one you know out of all of this there might be Twitter drama there might be negative comments all that stuff honestly like it's these messages that I have to really keep reminding myself of because that's what we do what you we should do print them up I should I really folder. should like I have a folder that is has your tweet in oh, it and some other I should I should I, I certainly I certainly have them saved because I always go back to them because you know it, it's why we do what we do you know to have that sort of impact um, and then of course South Asian actors in this community have been incredibly supportive and positive um, you know yeah okay so you definitely since arriving here mm-hmm. in 2018, you have found a community. Yeah. Tell me about this community that you found and that you're now creating content mm-hmm. with. Because mm-hmm. that, like that, the community, the indie filmmaking, Asian, yeah. you know, uh, diverse community, like I, gives me so much joy and hope. Yeah. Um, and frankly, it's just putting out some damn, damn fine work. So giving me a lot Very of good, good stuff to, to watch it. So how did you find this community? And um, I don't know, like, wh- what do they do for you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the- through theater. Uh, when I first moved to Vancouver, that's what I was doing theater. So so hmm. I had started in the indie theater scene out here. Um, and so I started doing some plays at the Arts Club. Um, I did Bart on the Beach. I did uh, smaller uh, oh, sort I of... I probably saw you at the Arts Club and at you Bart on the Beach. Yeah. We did The Orchard, which is the all-South Asian cast. Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big part of it is... is I was like, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm in a room full of South Asian actors that are yeah. living and working in Vancouver. So that was the first introduction. Yeah. Is getting to meet South Asian actors in the theater scene. And sure, they auditioned for film and TV, not as much as as, as um, other other actors, but but they were the ones that shepherded me, brought me in under their wing, uh, taught me the ropes, you know. And they introduced me to people like Mayumi Yoshida, because mm. um, and Mayumi, you know, she's known in this as this film and TV you know magnet and stuff like that. But she actually started in theater. She started in theater. She started in theater, and she still does a lot of indie theater in, in the city and stuff. And so that's how I met Mayumi in the before times. In the before times, exactly. <sighs> <sighs> Hopefully, it's, some of you are listening to this in the after times when <laughs> exactly. you can, you know, log off and go to watch a movie or I go to so watch much. a theater. I it's my church. It really is. Ugh, I miss it so much. Live theater, in particular, too. There's something about it that I that I miss so much. But yeah, yeah energy and that happens. Exactly. That energy transfer. Exactly. And yeah. so through Mayumi, I met Lee Shorten. I met Jerome Yu. Um, I'd go to the Vancouver. Asian film festival uh, mm-hmm. events, the workshops, they're really good places to network and meet people. Yeah. Um, and and part of me, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I like people and I like talking and, and stuff like that. So those networking events don't really intimidate me as much as uh, you'd think. Like, I, I, I genuinely like getting to know people and stuff. So I, I just went to these events because I thought to myself, you know, it's better than staying alone in my apartment and, and thinking about how lonely I am. I might as well just put myself out there yeah. as, as anxiety ridden as I will be doing it. Um, Man, I wish I could go back in time and tell everybody who has anxiety that is in this industry that everybody else has anxiety. Everybody, everybody has, you know, it's be, and I think part of it is is just when you are intelligent and when you're sensitive and when you care. Yeah. You know, and you're worried that it's not going to translate the way that you want it to. But I think that if you go and you commit to just being 
your authentic self. Yeah. And if you're not like, I'm networking. No. I'm networking. No, just go and have conversations. That's it. And know that everybody else is is going, th- had to go through a lot just to step in the door. Because honestly, like I've been really surprised by some of the people who I now know through this podcast are just scared. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. That's my permanent <laughs> permanent state of being <laughs> all the time. It's scared. But then, you know, there's something beautiful on the other side of that, right? Yeah. And, and I think, um, and that comes with experience. I think that comes with life experience. It comes with age. I think a little bit of it, too, maybe. I don't I know. I hope so. I hope so. A little bit. I mean, I don't think I'll ever be not anxious. Um, but, it, you know, hopefully I find I have tools to manage that. Um, I have so many tools. Co- the Calm app, that doesn't really work. <laughs> um, medicine works. Yeah. Uh, sh- talking about it with other people i think that's helped me so far the yeah. most with medicine that, no uh, talking talking about it it's helped me the most so far up to this point yeah um, because i used to keep that all in right and and um i well, think the pandemic has also had this effect weird effect where people aren't are actually more saying what they truly feel than they yeah <laughs> than they have before right um it's hard i don't know if it's the case for you though but for me like culturally there was not mental health mental illness is not something that is discussed like i still mm-hmm. know of aunts and uncles in india who have been sent to oh, asylums yeah. right yeah. like yeah. or institutions they're institutionalized yeah. for things that here you know they could get you know um treatment and medications for and live lives you know I, I and you're absolutely right about that. I can't. I can't go to. The, I can't talk about these things with my family. They yeah. never understand. Um, I'm just lucky that that I have a group of of uh, people that I'm close to, at least in this community, and and yeah. uh, even Toronto a little. Oh, bit. Oh, we stuff. are all fucked up. <laughs> we are all. Yeah. I mean, we're fucked up. This this that's what that's what this. And it doesn't help that this industry is as um, as uh, insane as it is. <laughs> you know, it <laughs> uh, does not help our mental health yeah. whatsoever. Um, no, I think that there that a lot of us have. Um, have a lot of pain that we think that we can just push through mm-hmm. and maybe it has to do with with racism maybe it has to do with violence maybe it just has to do with personality traits that you know like it's, it's there's so many different different reasons why we are the the way that we are and i'm feeling really good though for for uh, younger generations, especially mm-hmm. that, you know, even my daughter, conversation around mental health is normalized now. Yeah. And a lot of that has to do with what she's seeing in media and on TV. Like we were watching this uh, Disney, I think it was a Disney show, maybe not, but it was a kid's show that was for young teens. I think it was called like Kate and Alexi or uh, something like that and or Alexa. Um, and uh, one of the one of the protagonists, her family comes from. Um, she, it's a single parent home where they're always worried about money. And then the other the other oh and and that that girl she ha- she goes to therapy and she takes you know pills for if she's having a panic attack. It's a Disney show. Yeah. yeah. And then on oh. the it was something like that. It had a Disney feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There are a lot of people putting out ta- this great content for kids. It's a comedy though. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is a cancer survivor who has um, a lot of anxiety around. You know, doesn't want to get cancer again. And and so you know and and um, and that family. It's a uh, it's a. Uh, a mixed race couple and I'm like I'm so happy for my kid that she as somebody who is Indian Filipino Ukrainian English gets to watch a show where that that looks like her and where you know um, one of the kids has anxiety just like she does and it's like 
representation really, really, really matters. In all you its know? forms. In all mm-hmm. of its forms, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, economic and and mental health and, mm-hmm. you know, just seeing you being so swoony, you know, <laughs> on, and on multiple shows. <laughs> like, that is really, really important. And what a great show, by the way. It's, if, yeah. If I got to watch a show because you're on it, it's a great <laughs> show that I'm it's watching. Really, it's really well written. It's It's like, you know, it's it's... It's scary, it's though. It's scary. It it's is. a lot scarier than I was expecting it to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, incredibly... It's very scary. It's not... My mom, actually, she she called me the other day, and she was just like, why? Why Why do you have to... Why are you doing this? <laughs> just, just do a normal... Like, just just do a soap opera, or just do, like, a funny... Com- like, why, why are you... I'm just like, Mom, you act like I have a choice in this <laughs> matter. Uh, but yes, I will try next time. But if you had many choices, this is the show. Oh, yeah. Because it's so exciting. It's definitely one of the best ones on CW, for sure. Like, I think it's it's uh, incredibly mature. And, and speaking of mental health, not to give anything away, yeah. but but an overarching theme of this whole season, and, and you guys will see it come to fruition at the end of this season, is mental health. If you actually pay enough attention to what this th- season is actually about, from start to finish, you'll notice that it's all about mental health and mental illness um, via our main character, Nancy Drew. And so, again, I don't want to give too, too much away, but but uh, uh, you wait. There's a twist in episode 18. Just you wait. Just you wait. That's a musical <laughs> that I really want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do it, but I want to be Burr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. I lo- oh God. I want to be so. I want to be Burr or Philip Hamilton, one of those two, because I just love the songs oh, yeah. that they have. They yeah. call me Philip. Yeah. I am a poet. Yeah, no, Burr is great. Like I always like one of my getting pu- pumped up songs is um is wait for it. You oh, know, I love that song. That and it's just like a the room where it happens too when I need to really jam out. And, uh, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that I, wait. So who are you? Are you Alexander? Are hmm? you are you Alexander? Are you Burr? I'm I'm Burr. Yeah, for sure. I would for be sure. Burr as well. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, could yeah, not burr. do this as a duet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could. I mean, if you want to do a duet, we could do the song. What's the song? Uh, the one where they sing about their son or their. Um, <laughs> I love that song. I hate right? that song. <laughs> Dear Theodosia. It's I, just so beautiful. Mo- it's beautiful, but it's like you know, it's like they've just had the battle, and oh, then they, yeah. and then there's the. It's just it's like get to the meat of it. I know. You I know? know. And then I after know. it's like they go after the what I went back get to New York. York. After the, the war, war, I went back to New York. York. Yeah. I finished up my studies and I practiced law. Yeah, I yeah. practiced law, burr work next but, door. <laughs> so good. I was a musical theater kid too. Mm. I, I was Rizzo in, in Greece. Rizzo? Yeah. In Greece? Oh, Greece, yes, yes, of course. I, I do want to talk about um, uh, difficult lessons, mm-hmm. hard lessons. Um, I loved that season of October Faction uh, and I loved your character's journey and if people want to go have a satisfying journey go watch October Faction which even though it was filmed in Toronto (laughs) is still worth watching Um, you got to do a lot on that show we got to see you be the you know the angry kind of a bully jock and then we got to find out that you're you were closeted and then you got to have some hot hot sweet loving with a very attractive uh actor real dark yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then the show was canceled and that fucking sucks yep. you know so what what did the the experience of being on a show that was really well received and then it's canceled how did how did that experience affect you as an actor who still has to be I got to get up and I got to keep working and I got to go for more like yeah 
Yeah. That, was that a bit? Did you mourn? I did. I did mourn, and uh, it sucks that it even happened during a pandemic. On top of that, right? Like it was oh. in the, right in the middle. Of, we got the news in April this time last year that it was canceled. Um, and so just sitting alone, isolated, and quarantine, and that, then that news. Sucks. Yeah. So that just absolutely sucked. Um, I mean, the lesson from it really is nothing is in our control. You know. Um, I, I think. In this industry, in particular, and it's a good, and you know what? When it got canceled, I had a good talk with a lot of South Asian actors who are, you know, in their fifties now, like um, old, older actors that have good perspective that I'm lucky to call friends now, and um, and they all were, they all said, hey, you know, this it, it this happens, you know, cancellations are more common than renewals, um, mm. you know, uh, and you look at it from every pilot. TV, you know, pilot season to television cycle, more things get canceled than more things that go up. Right. Um, that the fact that any show makes it to season two is a miracle. It really is. Yeah. With the amount of moving parts that are there, with the amount of notes from network, with the amount of like, you know, all sorts of things have to go and have to fall into place for a show to be for a show to be successful. Yeah. And and you as the actor can only control what you can control, which is your performance yeah. and how you treat people on set and the relationships that you make on set. Um, because ultimately it's a it's a well-oiled machine and there's a lot of things, uh, people with creative differences, people with relationship troubles, um, that you that you don't have, A, you don't have a, you, you, you don't see them happening, and, and B, if, even if you do see them happen, you can't really do much about it, you know? Yeah. And so... Yeah, all, all the stuff that affects you but has nothing to do with you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and part of me saw it coming. You know, part of me saw it coming because Netflix didn't market it that much at all. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you'll see billboards for certain shows. And what I now know, just researching the case more and talking to some of the producers and stuff like that, is Netflix has a high-budget division and a lower-budget division. Mm -hmm. And they promote their higher-budget division more than the lower-budget division. Yeah. And um, we saw this with Ghost Wars, and exactly. we saw this with The Order. They, yeah. pr they, you know, did not promote those. They did not promote promoted those. the shit out of Warrior Nun, though. Of course, I love me some Warrior Nun. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I need to see it. Simon, that is Simon Kinberg, right? Simon Barry. Simon Barry, sorry, sorry. Kinberg wrote X Men. Yeah. <laughs> Simon Barry, sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he did Ghost Wars too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. involved with Ghost Wars. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That and that, it's, that sucks. it sucked. It, it really it sucked. And because they can um, help connect people to the audience, you know, if they so choose. And the amount of fans that messaged and said so many kind things, and they were just like, "Oh man, like really wanted a season two and stuff." I mean, it really like, and you know that that really and and also on top of all of that, I just I just I'm gonna miss the people, you yeah. know, um, getting to just work with those actors and getting to. And it was also my first big thing, right? So, like, I, I treated it like a film school. So, mm -hmm. you know, I would, um, even on the days that I wasn't acting, I would uh, get, I would ask if I could go to set and just yeah. sit in Video Village and learn. and Just, just like, look around. Look around, yeah. talk to the director, ask, and... Uh, look around, look, look around. around. <laughs> Why, we should just, we should just do the entire <laughs> Hamilton album from start to finish, just duet the entire thing. Yeah. Special edition of Well, I am going podcast. to be when we're able to uh, breathe the same air in the future. I yeah. I I had an idea that Sachin Sahil has called Castioki where people come on and we just do karaoke together. Look at that. So. That is a very very smart idea, Sachin. Yeah. You should do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean the biggest lesson I learned is is you can only control what you can control, you know. And I think ultimately um, you know, 
yeah, going forward, it's a good lesson to learn, and um, I'm lucky to be on a show that's uh, that's gonna keep going for a while. Yay. I bet, if I feel. So yeah. What is a Pranit Akila role? So so is this my dream role, or is this the role that I think I would be the best fit for, currently where I'm at? I think could be either but when are you the happiest in a role when I see myself how do I put this when I when I see myself ingrained with this ingrained within the stakes of the character interesting when when Pranit being that character uh, is has has a life and death scenario in front of him like the stakes have never been higher mm. so so there's certain situations in my life where you know I'm incredibly dramatic about and like nothing's ever you know been more important ever yeah and when that feeling whatever that feeling is in that moment in my life matches you know the role that I play yeah that's when the best synergy happens. Um, so am I to assume then that like the episode where you were determined to get answers from the dude that you believed killed your mom, mm-hmm. um, that you had those kind of moments you know, in that episode? I would say there's an episode coming up that that uh, was... Even surpasses that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that I felt... You know, um, I think the I think a pretty to kill a role. I obviously I'm trying to do more comedy as as because I think I do certainly have um, um, I have a little bit of comedy and improv background, not too much, but I I, I want to exercise those muscles more yeah. than I than I have been. Um, but honestly, like the the role that I would really the roles that that I think I would play really well and and the one that I want are are things that like. You know, uh, someone like an Oscar Isaac is doing right now, or what mm. Jake Gyllenhaal is doing. Uh, I would say I don't know if you've seen the movie Prisoners at all. No, um, Denny Villeneuve, Montreal, uh, French Canadian director, who's you know doing the new Dune adaptation as well. He directed Prisoners. It's Hugh Jackman. It's Jake Gyllenhaal, and um, Hugh Jackman gets all the love in that movie because he's the one with the sort of the you know the performance really, like you know the the dad who loses his, uh, his daughter gets kidnapped or whatever, and and you know. Oh, that's why I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it's a hard close time to home. with those kind yeah, of. Yeah, I know, I know. Fair enough. Fair. <laughs> makes sense. But 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 Gyllenhaal's character in that is um, an incredibly nuanced, very subtle, but very hyper specific performance, and uh, and him being the hard boiled detective that has to go after the perpetrators and 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 find Hugh Jackman's daughter. Um, you know, I grew up with those those books. You know, right. I, I grew up with those types of characters, the, the sort of the anti-heroes, the people that have, you can clearly tell they have a lot of baggage that they have to deal with, yeah. but they're pushing it away because they have to deal with something else, you know, and then, you know, it all comes to um, fruition at the end of and, and the end of the story. Those are the characters that I gravitate towards, the mm-hmm. people that hide. Um, and then when you're hiding things, what do you do as the actor to give clues, you know? Hmm. Um, what do you do as the actor? What are the choices that you make as the actor to make things a little more nuanced, make things subtle and stuff like that? So the challenge of doing that, the challenge of playing that type of role, 
is what really interests me. You know, it's the over-the-top stuff, the stuff where you have a lot of dialogue, the stuff where you talk a lot. That's, I mean, it's there, and I can, and and, and sure. But it's the stuff, I, I really, I, I don't know, right now I feel like I want to, I gravitate to the roles where you're not talking as much. Mm. And, and what can you say without words? That I find, those performances right now I'm finding very powerful in my research and my, the work in my craft currently. Yeah. And so going forward, I want to, I want to be able to play those types of roles. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a podcaster, I have <laughs> you, to use lots you of words. You have to use lots of words. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. What do your what do your parents think of this? <laughs> like, are they? Are, is there? Do you still hear about uh, you could be an engineer, or is there acceptance? Not that anymore. Yeah, it's it's they're very supportive, very on board. Uh, but now their sort of expectations have shifted. Whereas before, it's like you got to be an engineer, you got to do this, you got to do that. Now it's why haven't you won an Oscar yet? Why aren't you in the next Marvel movie? <laughs> Game of Thrones is casting in London. How come you didn't get an audition for that? Uh, the Last of Us adaptation is filming in Calgary. You should tell your casting director and the and the agent to like get your role in that. Otherwise, it's going to be really bad because like you're already Calgary. Just like and my dad will like send me, you know, casting. So calls. they're getting interested. Very very interested. Um, and I have to remind them that that it's a process. That it's not you know they're not going to give me they're not going to offer me a role. I still have to audition. You know. Um, in theater, I've gotten to the place where in theater, where where you know, due to my resume and, and and just word of mouth and stuff like that, where I'll I'll get you know certain offers and things like that here and there. But in the film and TV world, it's not; it's a whole other beast. Yeah. Um, you know, and so <laughs> uh, I have to tell them to slow down a little bit. And and you know what? I'd rather have that than than no support at all. Right. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, yeah it's neat that how they've how they've adapted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. Okay, we are about to play favorite things okay but before we do mm. um i want to go back in time because we haven't done any time travel yet mm. really so i want to go back in time to your arrival in vancouver which was not all that long ago um but i'm wondering what words of wisdom you would have for yourself you know, at that point, you know, in your journey, or would you not say anything at all and let things play out, you know, as they did? Well, I mean, yes, to a certain extent, I think I would say, I would say, no, I wouldn't change a thing because it's led me to this moment and sitting next to you and doing yeah. the podcast. Um, and I was, my answer was going to be, I was going to tell him to worry less and mm. just be, be okay in the dead times in the dead spaces that you were new brand new to a huge city yeah that like things are not supposed to happen on day one that that it's gonna be a process just be okay with taking your time but I also know that if I went back and told myself that and then disappeared I would still be anxious per need yeah um and so you yeah. could have said though like Buy a lot of toilet paper, buy a lot of <laughs> of hand sanitizer, yeah, invest yeah. in, in a up company. Hold up wipes. Yeah, yeah, and invest in Zoom. <laughs> you don't know what that is yet, but you're, we're going to make some coin. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's so, my dad was actually saying, too, he was about to invest in Zoom, actually, like in uh, December of 2018. What? Yeah, and he didn't. He chose not to. And I, and I was just like, well, 
you should not be doing this yeah. at all. <laughs> you are a bad investor, I tell you. You are bad, bad, batty, batty, bad at this, <laughs> Daddy G. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay, let's play some favorite things. Mm. You've listened to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the fact that in favorite things, I ask you what your favorite thing is of a thing, mm-hmm. and then you tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. You don't think too much about it. Okay. You yeah. just got to... That's the hard part. I think all the time, Sabrina, so I don't know. You have to not think. Okay, okay, okay. I'll try. Okay. <clears throat> Favorite supervillain? Doctor Doom. Oh, that's a good one. Favorite television show when you were 10 years old? Uh, Zoe 101, uh, Nickelodeon channel. <laughs> Zoe 101. Jamie Lynn Spears. Oh, my that God. Was, I'm not, not going to lie. That was my favorite show. Wow. Yeah. Or That's So Raven. That's So Raven. Yeah. Um, wow. That is actually very informative to me. <laughs> or Beyblade or Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> one of the two. Yeah. Favorite cartoon character. I have so many. I have so many. many. We'll just Uh, say one. Spider-Man. 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 Okay. Why? Well, A, he's my favorite superhero. Mm -hmm. Um, I relate to him so much. Peter Parker, his inner anxieties, him being just a kid who has nothing under control and then has a superhero suit on and can shoot webs (laughs) and has to now pretend to balance both lives at the same time. Yep. No chance. I love him. Yeah. He is all of us. That's why so many people love Spider-Man. He's literally all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite song lyric? Take these broken wings and learn to fly. Ugh. You know, that's our, the fish flight company motto. What? Yeah. What are the chances? Well, so the fish flight motto, which is from Paul, um, is from a Ray Bradbury poem, Mm -hmm. which is uh, jump off a cliff and build your wings on the way down. To which I say, that is a terrible business plan. <laughs> that is a terrible business plan. It's very poetic, though. It's I mean, that's so the... poetic. But you know, <laughs> let's like have like a let's have some things planned out before sure. you're jumping off of let's cliffs. Let's have a little foundation. Which yeah, is yeah, why yeah. he and I are very good. We're mm. very good. Yin partners. and Yang. Yeah. To- yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, but a bit more uh, dynamic tension is what I like sure. to say. Sure, 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 sure. 22 years of dynamic tension. (laughs) All right. Favorite karaoke song? I wanted That Way, Backstreet Boys. I know it's kind of cliche, but I always go back to that one. I always go to that one. It works well with the voice. Really? Can you sing all of the parts? Uh... Because there's that, yeah, there's some high parts, now you know. We can see that we're falling apart. That part, yeah. In a way that it used to be, yeah. yeah. Then no, no matter the distance, distance I want oh, you to know. Oh, you're talking about like the different harmonies. Yeah, the deep Look down inside of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was an alto for in my school choir for a long time, but I also oh, have soprano go. tendencies. I think I, I always sing the tenor part, but you're right. Why I I can technically. Yeah, I haven't been. Well, but deep down inside of me, that's that's the part I usually sing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. 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 There'll be Backstreet Boys on Castiokey for sure. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. 
Favorite hot beverage. Revealing questions, am I right? Uh, no, no, they are. Uh, <laughs> does soup count as a beverage? No, right? It's a hot beverage. It's not really a beverage, no. No, no, no. Like, beverage, like, it's not. No. A beverage is something that you would have with a meal. It's like oh. meal adjacent. A soup is a meal. I mean, these are the rules I'm making up right mm, now. Mm, mm. Um, okay, well, I wouldn't have uh, my uh, vanilla chai with uh, with a meal, but that is my favorite sort of hot beverage. Yeah. It calms me down. Uh... That's it, you're shaking, you're like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. vanilla and... I will say, though, uh, uh, nothing satisfies me more on a hot summer's day than a lime slushy. It has to be lime-flavored. I love, mar like, margaritas, non-alcoholic margaritas. Wow. Yeah, that's that flavor. I just love that flavor. Like, just even in snow cone form, just like a lime snow cone. Just, like, just lime. I love lime. But do you like lime, like, on its own? Like, no. just, like, fresh no, lime? No, yeah, no, we Because no, no, no. I was having this very, very highbrow conversation with my 10-year-old yesterday about how she hate, she loves grapes, but she hates anything grape-flavored. Mm. And I told her that she was insane. <laughs> um, and then she's like, well, yeah, but um, you, like... You don't like bananas, but you like anything banana flavored. And I'm like, why are you like, yeah, I guess yeah. I like synthetic flavors. <laughs> so what's the deal? What's the big deal? See, that's yeah. weird. I love bananas. I don't like anything banana flavored. Well, I just don't think that any that banana flavored things taste like bananas. Like they I don't. like a nice banana chopped up on a toast with some peanut butter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But like I remember oh my gosh, so embarrassing. So embarrassing. Hey, I shared my embarrassing story. It's well, time, I just remember time. being little kid and getting what I thought might be an ear infection, but really milking it so that I could get the banana banana flavored um, antibiotic that, you know, my mom would have to leave in the fridge and then it would taste like, does that, hey. does that mean that I had a no. life of um, chemical dependence in front of me? No, you just like really flavorful food. I really do. Is. Food, medicine, whatever. Okay, one more question, one more question, one more question. I gotta be in the voice. Mm. Favorite Vancouver shot series, past or present, that you haven't appeared in yet? The Good Doctor. Oh, that would be perfect for you. Yeah, I okay. think so. I've told my friend who's a casting assistant for that show many times. Yeah. But, um... And you know what? Like, I don't want to be the guest. Of, I want to be one of the doctors. Yeah. 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 Manifest. Manifest. <laughs> Manifest your destiny. Fantastic. Praneet, mm. do you have what I like to call what the fuck moments in your career? Like moments when you're like, and for it's a positive what the fuck, not what the fuck. <laughs> but like when you're like, what the fuck? this is actually my life if so when when do those happen for you in your in your career oh in uh man jeez. in in 2019 i went to go meet my manager in la and uh i walked out of the office and in came christopher nolan director of inception tenet um 
Dark Knight series, ev- all those things. Yeah. He didn't and cor- he didn't come into the office to have a meeting with my manager. He was yeah. just coming into the building. Um because I guess his manager also works in the same in the same uh, building. In the same building. Yeah. <laughs> it was just insane. Insanity. Uh that was a huge what the fuck. I mean, I have constant what the fucks on set all the time. It's just, you know, we'll be running into a burning bus and I'll just be like, what the fuck is this? This is my life. I can't believe this is my life. But that moment for me was very strange because yeah. I was just like, oh, right. Christopher Nolan's just a person who also has meetings just with people <laughs> that represent <laughs> him. Uh, he's not a god, I guess. I thought he was a god, uh, but I guess he's also a person. Oh, and, yeah. Um, don't, don't make gods I know. out of people in this industry. I know. I know. It, and it and again, it comes from just like that. You know, it's like well, I idolized Steven Spielberg, and I idolized yeah. like all these movies. Oh, and idolized stuff and, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and yeah, I and this is me being like your, <laughs> I'm your older cousin. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, appreciate yeah. the magic, but don't, don't. Totally. Don't ever forget that these oh, yeah. are just people. Hundred percent. No, you're absolutely right. And yeah, and I think, uh, but it was just more. I just like yeah, I think in the moment I was just like, oh wow, okay, I'm actually I'm in this I'm in this field. I'm in the same field as these people. Yeah. Um, yeah and I get are. to be here and I get to tell stories yeah. for a living, um, which is what Chris Nolan does. No matter how which level of where you are in your career, it doesn't matter. We're all ultimately trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Know? So that was the biggest. What's the fuck? What the fuck to date? Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. It's over now, Praneet. Oh, okay. Oh, All right. Okay. Praneet Akila, <laughs> where can our fans find you, follow you, celebrate you, send you some positive tweets? Oh, yes. And messages please. on the social needs. I'm a nice person, I think. You're a very nice yeah, person. Yeah, why are people being so mean to me? I don't understand. I don't know, because uh, you're macking on Nancy. <laughs> <Drew, laughs> hey, I ship Nace as well. I will say that. Um, I don't know if I ship Nace. You don't know if you ship Nace? Okay. Well, I was, I'm rooting for, rooting for Gil, but after last night too, I was feeling a little conflicted about detective the detective yeah uh there was the pretty i mean we got to see everybody being swoony that was a really funny episode (laughs) wasn't it it was a really great episode episode. yeah where i was like everybody got to like just walk it so sexy and i was like that must have been so (laughs) so so uh, we were all all the all the men on set were just very like we all were talked about it after we're just like oh that was the most excruciating thing ever was it cringy when you were it doing so it did it feel <laughs> oh I wanted to just like implode and just like go into a blanket and just curl up it was yeah. just so it's so antithetical to who we are as people right and, yeah and you always forget that you don't actually slow motion like they slow it after you don't slow motion in life so it just took a few takes to be like just walk normally print what, what are you doing you know and so I had to, I had to be like right 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 I have to uh, walk yeah you know? so I was feeling I was feeling what was going on Nomura. between uh, you know Nan- yeah Nancy and Amora so yeah. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. but I I, I whooped when she showed up at your door, friend. Thank you for being the one person <laughs> to support this relentless. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, are you kidding? I'm so supportive. Oh, yes, I'm so you are. supportive you are. of it. You are. You are. No, you. I'm not. Talking, I'm. I'm obviously supportive of you, but like, you know, I want Gil to get some. Yes. You know, yeah. but he's also he's like manipulative too. Like yeah, he's, he's got to very... work a little bit more. You know, to his uh, sister's a little more. Love her. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. Except she couldn't keep her mouth shut, and no. that's how no. that's how they Always found out about each the shroud. Way. Always getting yeah. in each other's way. And um, has she told? Like, has she even told? Has she even told you? Has Amanda even told Gil yet that that she's outed all of his various places around town where he drops his stuff? Not yet, and there might be a scene about that. 
Don't know. <laughs> you don't know. No idea. All these things say you don't know. You don't know. Okay, so I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social media yes. handles here. Social media handles. So, yes, I don't have a website, so the best place for people to follow what I'm up to is uh, at Praneet Akilla. That's P-R-A-N-E-E-T-A-K-I-L-L-A at Twitter. And then same thing on Instagram. Um, and you I just, changed your handle recently. I changed it. You? I changed it because I, I was advised by um, my uh, 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 publicist to do that because apparently for like when people need to verify and stuff like that, like they need to make sure that your name is authentic. Um, mm. And so Adila actually was the first person to tell me that. She was like, change your Twitter name or your Instagram name to what your actual name is. And so I recently changed it. Um, but and she's I, not the one who's two minutes older. She's two minutes older. Yeah. She is two minutes yeah, older yeah, in the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. listen to your exactly, listen to your exactly. elder there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I and I will say, uh, you know, my Instagram, and I do want to make, because I just think it's important to say this. Um, I, I like the Instagram is not my reality. Actually, um, I don't have a website. I was thinking of making a website where it was just like you, you can sort of show your you know, the projects and like your reel and your resume and stuff like that. Yeah. I haven't done that. I've just realized that it's better off having like a social media page instead of a website at this point. And so my Instagram is very much my website. Um, it's not um, like I have a personal account that I use just for some close family and friends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, please don't get what you see on my Instagram twisted with, with what's actually happening in my real life you know yeah. like you'll see the successes of course you'll see like me being on a show and you'll see like announcements and stuff like that but that's all it is that's all it's meant for um you know i'm trying to find the balance of, of, of also showcasing my, my low moments which i have ton tons of but please don't compare yourself to what you see on these pages um a lot of actors and i'll speak for a lot of actors because we all share the same opinion um we have to market ourselves a lot more than we ever have before yeah and so to the audience listening and to the other actors who are coming up uh, and want to do this uh, as a career, yeah, don't compare yourself to us. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, healthy and it's not uh, what's actually accurate. Yeah, so. I mean, you will have a lot of a lot of actors who will, you know, maybe they only work three times a year, but they'll take a hundred, you know, uh, trailer selfies yeah. and they'll they'll tweet those or Instagram those out all the time yeah. giving the impression that they're busier than they are exactly you know and I'm that's not to cast cast aspersions cast aspersions yeah. that's not to cast them in a bad light no but no. it's also you know you don't you it's really not a good idea to compare yourself to what people put on social media no certainly celebrate your successes for sure because this, it's a hard industry and and you know the chance that you the fact that you get the role after so many auditions and stuff is a rarity and, and oh, yes. so i think it's always good to celebrate but yeah uh it's not the whole story yeah that's what i would say yeah, yeah. well we've gotten a little bit more than the whole story on this episode today yeah. and i loved how it turned into a social media for actors masterclass uh, <laughs> right at the end <laughs> delight. you're gonna come back right i 100 percent. are you kidding me thank you so much for having me sabrina this is this is um you know i made that tweet of course but like that's genuinely how i was feeling at the time and and i still listen to the podcast and i um i i genuinely am a big fan of yours and a big fan of your work and i think you do such crucial important work in this community and we also got to get some of those ontario ones peoples over there out there to pay attention to this stuff that's happening here that's yeah. a big part of I'm yeah. working on it. Yeah. I want yeah. to be part of building a bridge for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we are, we all have a part to play. Yeah. But thank you for having me on. 
Well, thank you for sending me that tweet that made me cry. <laughs> okay, thank you. All the thank yous. Thank you to Pranit Akila. The killer. Um, <laughs> thank you to our fans. Thanks for spending this time with us today. If you really like us, you can like and subscribe and even leave us a review. Five stars, no less. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Furminger, and it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Furminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Furminger Davile, for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! In the current COVID-19 environment, UBCP ACTRA, the BC Performers Union in the film and TV industry, has been working closely with industry partners, formulating sensible and practical guidelines for all cast and crew to ensure working on set is manageable and safe for everyone. UBCP ACTRA has created a dedicated COVID-19 webpage at www.ubcpactra.ca, where members can find mental health resources, financial assistance information, and back-to-work strategies and updates about the current status of film production in the province of British Columbia. UBCP ACTRA knows this has been an extraordinarily difficult time for many people, and we look forward to better days ahead. We will get through this together. Please visit www.ubcpactra.ca. A message from UBCP ACTRA.